I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Bring, bring it Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are here with the Liverpool season review, although it's a touch early considering there's still a match to play, but we are joined by Thomas Negrin, you can find on Twitter at Thomas Negrin. You can also find his work over at LFCSV.se. Uh, very pleased to have you back on, Thomas. It was an incredible season from Liverpool. Ending notwithstanding, 97 points was fantastic. Incredible improvement on last season. Sadio Mane starts scoring way more goals. Salah scores 10 fewer goals, but still ends up as a joint golden boot uh, winner there. So really, really incredibly positive on the whole, except for the last day. But what did you make of the season from start to finish? Well, it's uh, as you say, it's been an amazing season. We lost one game in the 38 games, gained 97 points. We have two players winning the Golden Boot. We have our new signing in gold, Alisson, who, is the, who wins the Golden Glove. And uh, the only reason we didn't win the league this season was that uh, City was just as good as we were. Uh, we have done everything that you can expect from a team who's going to win the league. We won tight games. We scored late. We came back from being behind many times. Uh, we were lucky a few times. And... Uh, we did everything that uh, you can expect from us. We have shown, the players have shown great belief in the way we play, and they just keep going in the games when we struggle. You can see that in the, the games in the later part of the season when we're a bit tired against, uh, against Chelsea, Newcastle. Even though we don't score early, we keep going and believe in the way they play, and that's, uh, that's been very impressive. And uh, the most important thing for me is that it's been very fun to watch Liverpool play these, this season and part of the, of the last season because as a supporter, we've been waiting for this for a very long time. We compete for the title because that we are very, very good. The last time we were close to uh, winning the league, it was uh, more a reason for uh, a sign of the, other ta- of the other teams not being very good that season. But now we're competing with maybe the best team in the Premier League history. And we're very close in beating them. If you look at our squad, we have uh, world-class players in every part of the team. Uh, we had a few few games in January and February where we had problems and didn't play good enough. But even though we struggled, we managed to gain points. Uh, we played away to Everton, away to Manchester United. We didn't play at our best, but we didn't lose. And uh, when we were back on track, we started winning again. And uh, we did put City under a lot of pressure until the end of the season. And uh, I think we won the last 10 games. Uh, and every game we went into, we had the, the pressure was on us to do something so that City didn't run away with the league. And at the same time, we played in the Champions League. 
and uh, managed to get to the final. So to have that run run in in the league at the same time go to the Champions League final is very impressive. And our, there are so many memorable games during this season. And uh, even though we didn't win, I'm very happy with the performances of the team. And uh, as I said earlier, I couldn't have asked for more. Uh, we didn't lose this title. It was City who won it. And uh, I feel very comfortable going forward to the next season. Yeah, all those points you raised, fantastic to be sure. And yeah, the, the season was just incredible on the whole. <laughs> Again, a bittersweet end domestically, though. Still another chance to kind of redeem it on the whole. But what letter grade would you give Liverpool season with all contexts? Well, uh, the Champions League final is still left to play. And if, if you win it, of course, it's a, it, you can't ask for more. So if A is the best grade, um, absolutely an A season. Uh, but uh, if we lose to Tottenham, it won't feel like an A season, even though the team maybe deserve that grade. So the team deserves the best grade that I can give. They've lost one game during the whole league. And uh, in the Champions League, we couldn't have done anything better than to go to the final at this stage. So maybe it's the domestic cup games that can, that is uh, the bad part of the season. But I don't think that we would have been in the Champions League final if we had uh, gone far in the league cup and the FA Cup, so yeah, then you would have been would, pushing like sixty matches. Yeah, and uh, our squad isn't as good as big as City, so that would have been a problem. Yeah, um, I think it is absolutely fair. Although, if if you don't end up winning the Champions League final, then uh, I, I don't know if you can give it an A, just considering uh, how many things are in your in your corner. But as you say, the performances it's hard to argue with over the season. Yeah, if we lose to Spurs, it won't feel like an A season. So maybe <laughs> maybe that's an, that's an answer as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, what would you say were kind of the high points and low points throughout the season? Well, if you look at the season as a whole, the, the high was, of course, the game against Barcelona in the Champions League semifinal because that's a game that everybody who watched it will uh, remember it for years I work with the teenagers at a school and the day after everybody wants to wanted to talk about Liverpool and uh, that's not uh, very very common so that that was of course the big one and if you look at the league the home derby against Everton was uh, very special the goal in the dying minutes from Origi that was a sign that, uh, that we were a team that really competed to win the league so Oh, the season as a whole, it's the Champions League game against Barcelona because that's a that's a unique game. You won't see that many times during your lifetime, and uh, to see it against Barcelona at the semi-final of Champions League against Luis Suarez, against Felipe Coutinho, against Lionel Messi, to beat them four goals without Firmino, without Salah, that was um, something that was it was strange, but it was strange in a fantastic way. Yeah, what would you say was the low point? Uh, the low point, looking back, I have to say, was the loss to City away. Because um, sitting here now, played 38 games. That was the time when I think that we maybe lost uh, the title. If we had gotten anything from that, it would have been a big chance for us to, to run away with the league. Because then maybe City would have focused more on the uh, Champions League. It was a great game and a great performance. but. Uh, 
in the end, they won, and the gap between us and them became smaller. If we could have kept that seven points gap, or maybe win and have ten points gap, we, I think we would have been champions now. And that that hurts a bit now, looking back. Uh, if you look at the way we played, it's the, it's the games against Everton and Manchester United way that was um, the low points because we were playing teams who's far who's far away from us in capacity. We should have we should have just used our ability to play football and beat them, but we were a bit too defensive maybe a bit too scared to lose and uh, we didn't show them that we are better than they are and then we dropped points and that's also four points that we could have won and uh, that would have taken us higher than City in the table so if you look at the season as a whole it's the City away game that I would remember as the low point because we were so close to score first in that game and maybe that would have made us the champions and uh, yeah, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, um, you brought up um, that uh, city crashing out of the Champions League. I was really surprised when that happened because I saw a lot of Liverpool fans celebrating the fact that we'd beaten City. But at the time, I was like, "This hurts your title run." If they still had to play a semi-final, then you have to start splitting the squad. And while you mentioned their squad depth, you know, can Aguero play four games in two weeks? He's done it before, but he's also an injury risk at times. I, I was just very surprised that that was the reaction to to City losing in the Champions League. Yeah, me too. I was. It's that was the only game during the past months I've been hoping for City to win because if they would have beaten you, they would have been play, needed to play uh, tough games in Europe. And uh, now they could now they can rest could rest their players between the league games and uh, focus on that one. And if they had their sights on the Champions League, maybe they could they wouldn't have been as focused as they were in the end of the league because they had a few really, really tough games to play. They had Burnley away, they played Leicester, they needed to play you once again, they had the Manchester Derby. If they had the chance to win Champions League and had to play those games as well, maybe they could have struggled in the league and maybe had to rest a few players, get some more injuries. So I, if we would have played Manchester City in the Champions League final now, maybe it, it would be us who were the champion and they who needed to win the title. To, to manage that, A, as you mentioned yeah. earlier. Yeah, that that would have been quite bizarre if it had been the two of you in both the Premier League and the Champions League. Um, fortunately, for at least my sake, <laughs> that didn't end up uh, being the case. Um, very curious to hear... Um, who you think would be the player of the year outside of Van Dyke? Because he won the official award, so that kind of feels like cheating when speaking about Liverpool. But is it still Salah despite having a quote-unquote down year compared to last year? Is it Mane, who, like I said, has started providing way more goals? He scored one fewer goal this year than he scored the two years combined. So Van Dyke to the side, who was your player of the season? Well, it's a, it's a tough one, of course, because uh, Van Dyke is the easy choice because he has made so big difference to, to our team. And if we look if it, him aside, it is Salah or Mane. And, and I have to say that I've been maybe a bit more impressed with Mane this season than Salah because he had scored, his, almost every time he scores, he scores first. He's, he very rarely scores a goal that doesn't mean anything. It's a 3-0 or 4-1. He almost scores every time when, we are, when it's a nil-nil. So, and his development is better than Salah as well. Salah has had... Of course, he's a world-class striker and he's, he's had a world-class season, but he hasn't been as good as last season. So maybe uh, that makes me think that Mania's season is, uh, is, is uh, better if we look at th- those two. 
And um, I th- also think that Alison Becker is an outsider. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't need to save as many shots uh, as a lot of keepers in the Premier League. But uh, when he needs to be good, he is good. And he saved us again against Wolverhampton this weekend because they had one re- clear-cut chance in the second half, and he was yeah, and he saved it quite easily. And he's done that many times now. He did it against Barcelona in the second second leg. When he needs to be good, he is very good. And it's hard as a goalkeeper in in a, the, a top team to be such impressive as he has been. He's good at his feet, he's good at saving shots, he's good at corners. He's exactly the kind of goalkeeper that Liverpool needed. And looking back <clears throat> after years with uh, Mignolea, with uh, Lourdes Carrius, he's made such a big difference. And uh, of course, the signing of Van Dijk made the defence better, but... I think that Alisson has taken us to the next level. So he is uh, is a great improvement for us. And I think he's an outsider for the player of the year as well. Interesting stuff. Um, How about young player? Obviously, Trent Alexander-Arnold, especially at the back half of the season, started providing assists on a weekly basis. Um, Would the nod go to him? Yeah, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold is an obvious choice. We don't... We have a few young players, but Trent Alexander-Arnold is still, he's still 20 years of age. He's one of the best players in the world in his position. And uh, he still has a few things to learn when it comes to defending. But he's uh, creating a lot of goal-scoring opportunities. He keeps on improving from week to week. His injury was a big blow for us halfway through the season. And uh, it's not very surprising that it was the time of the season where we dropped unnecessary points when we played... Um, we played James Milner, we played Jordan Henderson uh, at the right back. We also played Joe Gomez there a few times. And every time Trent Alexander-Arnold plays, we tend to score. And he's one of our best threats going forward. Uh, it is interesting that Klopp doesn't use him in the toughest away games. He rested him against um, Barcelona away, and he's done that a few times this season. So maybe he's uh, not quite sure of Alexander-Arnold's defensive record yet, but... Uh, He's, he keeps on improving, and he's, he maybe is not the, the world's best right back yet, but I'm quite sure that he will develop even more, and uh, soon he can uh, absolutely be the best player in the world in his position. He's got he's got what it takes to be a real world's class player. Yeah, and it feels like he's already on his way, um, despite his young age. One of the most impressive things isn't yeah. just Van Dyke and Allison, as you mentioned, but it's been the development of Robertson and. Uh, and Trent Alexander-Arnold at the wingbacks. I'm sure you're aware that it was kind of us two that were really in it for Robertson. But uh, as soon as Danny Rose sounded like he was staying, we were like, eh, we're fine. And <laughs> man, what what a player Robertson yeah, has turned is, out to be. Yeah, and that is one of the best things with uh, Van Dijk. If you look at every player who plays along uh, next to him, improves. And Joel Matip is the same way. The, the past months, he's been a, one of our best players. And it's, of course... He's a great defender, but everybody looks much better next to Van Dijk, and it must be something with his way of acting at the yeah, in the back four that makes him comfortable. Well. Yeah, yeah, obviously, very, very fantastic is Virgil Van Dijk. Um, you scored eighty nine goals this year, so picking a goal of the season requires a great memory. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, what do you think stood out as, as potentially one of the best, or if not some of the best, for Liverpool this year? Well, uh, <clears throat> to me, the most memorable goal was uh, Origi's goal against Everton at home. Partly because I was <laughs> at Anfield at the day. And it was, uh, it was a very special goal because the game was 
almost over. And when uh, Van Dijk shot that volley and the, the ball was almost, it was on its way out of the uh, out of Anfield and then fell down uh, to Pickford, who had managed to get the ball to Origi. It was a very strange goal, but it was also very special to score a goal in the derby in the 95th minute in that way. And the atmosphere at Anfield was incredible after the goal. When we when we went out of the stadium, the, it was uh, a month before Christmas, so the fans were singing Christmas carols when they changed when, with the uh, Origi's name instead of Santa, and so, so it was a, a very special goal. But it was not the most beautiful goal of the season, but it was a very it was a very special goal. And if I have to pick the most beautiful one, my personal favorite is uh, Firmino's second goal against Arsenal at home, where he seemed to just walk through the, their defense with twists and turns and uh, he scored with his left foot. It looked so very easy and partly it was because it was against the Arsenal's defense who hasn't been very good, but it um, it was beautiful, it was important goal and uh, it was a, it was a real class act from Firmino who, who doesn't get the same uh, attention as Salah or Mane, but uh, he also he has also scored many important goals for, for us this season, and that was maybe the most beautiful one. And uh, I have to mention Salah's goal against Chelsea as well. Yeah, I was wondering that was, that was something come. <laughs> that was something very special in a game that we really needed to win. So uh, we have a lot of goals, many memorable ones. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, that Salah one at the time was very exciting because for us, we had just drifted out of the the <laughs> brief period that we were considered uh, title contenders. And so we really needed basically yeah. all of Chelsea United and uh, Arsenal to start dropping points. So uh, that was a, a pretty exciting one for me, uh, as yeah. I'm sure it was for, for Liverpool fans again. Yeah, it was a, it was a, a very special game because it was the same game that we lost the title the last time we had a chance on the road trip oh, when Gerard yeah. slipped. So to win that game was, uh, of course, very special that we could that we could stop talking about the Chelsea game under Rodgers. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> it's nice that you did uh, overturn that bugbear. Um, for kind of a broader topic, I want to ask you about. For me, no tangentially, but but specifically the position at the top of the diamond or at the top of the attack. Sorry, because I've already seen some people like as soon as the Griezmann thing was announced, some people be like, "Oh, Liverpool should go after Griezmann." It seems like there's a divide in the fan base between whether or not you need to sign an out and out striker, a formal quote unquote number nine, or if 
a player with the versatility that Firmino brings. You know, you know, I'm a fan, and we've talked in the past about how he brings a lot more than just the goals and assists. Do you think that that's more what you should stick with going forward? Uh, well, uh, I'm very comfortable with the top three that we have now, and uh, as I said earlier, Firmino is one of our most important players. Uh, what we do need is uh, maybe an uh, an option to Firmino in when he's injured or in uh, or in games we doesn't get when we don't get going. We, we we don't really have another kind of attacker, and that is something that we lack. Uh, we've seen that when Origi has played when he has played in the last twenty or fifteen minutes in a few games with his. Um, He's, he's a bit stronger than Firmino. It's another it's not, uh, another kind of player. He's good in the air and uh, with his, with his uh, strength more than his technique. So <clears throat> I think that we need to get another striker in, but I don't think that it's because we need to. We don't need to to remove Firmino from the starting eleven. I don't think that we should go for a player like Griezmann or something like that. I, I would like to see a player coming in who can be an, an option to the front three so that we Fred don't need to play every game. To me, Firmino is one of the first players in starting eleven, and I really, really hope that he's fit for the Champions League final because if, if we look at him play, it's, um, he's the smartest player in our team. He, he makes the assist, he scores goals, and he, he's maybe one of our best defensive players as well. And if we, should, if we want to play that pressing game that uh, Klopp wants us to play, we need a player like Firmino. So um, I don't think we need uh, another striker. I don't need, think we need uh, the, cent- the striker to go be higher up in the pitch. We have both Salah and Mania scored 20 goals this season, 22 goals. <laughs> so we don't, we don't need a striker in the middle of them scoring 20 as well. Uh, I think that Firmino is the perfect player for this team. But um, it's hard to find a player who can play when, uh, when he's not around because to find that kind that player is as smart as he is, as versatile as he is, and doesn't want to play in every game is is really hard. We've been talking to the, uh, about this in our Swedish podcast and talking about players like when um, Manchester United signed Henrik Larsson or when um, a, a Teddy Sheringham kind of player at Manchester United, an older player, a smart player who doesn't expect to play every game would be the perfect fit for Liverpool now going forward because both Firmino, Salah and Mane are uh, in good ages, and um, I think that Origi will stay as a backup, but he's not really, I don't think he's good enough to be the first backup. So it would be perfect to find an older player, a smart player who can uh, be the second choice behind the front three. Yeah, I think it's interesting that both of us are kind of in similar situations where we're happy with our current strikers, but the backups behind them have actually stepped up at times this year. Origi, as you mentioned, scored crucial goals for you. Lorente has been massive for us in the Champions League. And yet I think both of us are kind of looking for a, a more long-term option at that position. Yeah, uh, say Llorente uh, was impressive against um, Ajax, and he's a bit the same as with Origi, that he's another kind of player, a bit more, uh, a bit more physical. He's... I think that he is maybe a, a smarter player than uh, Origi is, but um, they bring something. He's also like something. 36. So. <laughs> yeah, and he he brings something something new to the team, and not just the, the smaller, quicker players. So, yeah, I, it's hard to find a backup striker because when you have a world class player like Firmino, or in your case Harry Kane, it's hard to find a player that is very very good but doesn't expect to play every week. So. And uh, if Firmino, Salah, Mane are fit next season, they will start almost every league game. So I think we need to find the kind of player who is uh, suitable in the midfield as well. And 
there aren't many players that are that good. Yeah, yeah. So Trying to find to, somebody that's willing to just sit behind and also fits the the team personality wise and also like player ID wise. Like, because you probably want somebody yeah. like Firmino style to come in and, and spell him. That's that's just a very difficult thing to find indeed. Um, with that in mind, though, what positions do you think you need to fill this summer? Well, uh, really, I don't think we need to do very much. So starting eleven is as good as any team in the world, and uh, on our day, we are one of the best teams right now. We have uh, Oxlade Chamberlain coming back next season. Keita should be even better, and uh, Fabinho didn't get going until the second part of the season, and now he's a very important part of our team. Uh, Henderson has been impressive in his new role. So if you look at the midfield that we talked about in a lot uh, last summer when we were about to sign Fekir to get a more uh, creative midfielder, I don't think that we need to sign a new midfielder because we have many options now. Uh, what we do need is a player who can compete with Salah, Manir, Firmino, as I mentioned earlier. We, even though Origi has had some good games, I don't trust him over time. So over time and... Uh, if we would have an injury on our st- on uh, one of our star players up front, it can be a problem. And uh, we've been very lucky with injuries this season because Salah, Mania, Firmino, they have played almost every game. It's, it's uh, now in the later part of the season that Firmino has missed a few. But looking over the season as a whole, we've been very lucky with injuries. So um, if we could find a player who is better than Origi, Origi or someone almost as good as the front three, that would be good. Uh, of course, we need to sign a backup goalkeeper and uh, a backup for Robertson because both Mariana and Mignolet will surely leave. And uh, if they don't, at least we need a replacement for, for Mariano because the same with Robertson. He hasn't been injured in, during the whole season. So, uh, so we need a bit more uh, depth in our team, but I don't think we need to sign a world-class player for the starting eleven because that's, uh, that part of us is, are already very good. Yeah, you kind of mentioned some players that are heading out as well. Who else do you think might be on that list? Um, Daniel Sturridge will uh, surely leave. Uh, Moreno, Mignolia. We have a few of the lone, lone players. I don't think that uh, Marco Grujic will be at Liverpool next season because he's done very well in the Bundesliga and there are a few teams want to uh, wants to sign him. I'm not sure that we will give Harry Wilson a chance in the first in the team next season. He's also a player that can give us some money. And uh, looking at the players who have been uh, playing a lot this season, I'm not so sure that Dejan Lovren wants to stay at the club as a fourth choice and uh, back four because we now have Matip, who has been very good, and Joe Gomez showed the first part of the season. Yeah. He's a really good player. So I don't think that uh, Lovren sees himself as a second backup in, the, in Liverpool. And... Uh, if the teams from maybe like Inter, Milan, from Serie A can uh, give us some money, then maybe he should. Uh, maybe it's time for him to to move. But I don't think that we will see many players leave. I don't think we'll see many players coming in. I don't think there will be any of the players who has been uh, vital for us this season that will that will leave, because uh, there there are no reason for the key players to leave to leave Liverpool now. And I think that Klopp really wants to keep this squad as tight as uh, as he could. I am a bit afraid that uh, James Milner might leave, but uh, since Leeds missed promotion, I think he will stay for another year. 
Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens with all of those uh, potential outgoings. Um, with most people, we ask them uh, early predictions for next season, but there is still one match left this year. Uh, if you wouldn't mind just taking a guess at a scoreline for that Champions League final. Oh, uh, well, um, I'm extremely nervous about this game. And uh, we have beaten you twice this season. Both times it's been 2-1. to one. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that... Uh, can be the scoreline this time as well. I sure hope that we that we will win. I I predict a two one win, but I hope that it would be a three one or four one because leading by one goal against Spurs this season in the Champions League in the dying minutes, that would be very it nervous. Hasn't worked out for others. We'll no. put it that way. <laughs> All right. Well, um, if it was anyone else, I'd say best of luck. But I, I really can't offer that here. Um, but uh, thanks so much for uh, coming on and spending the time with us and throughout the season again it was a fantastic one and I'm sure you'll have another one next year as well yeah thank you I hope so too <laughs> alright uh, tell the folks where they can find you over the summer uh, you can find uh, my, most of my work on uh, lfcsv.se we will try to follow the silly season as good as we can from there and um, you can find me on Twitter at Thomas Nygren, and we also record a podcast called Total Liverpool Podcast. In it's in Swedish, but um, maybe if you if you understand Swedish or want to learn, it's a good way to start. And I think we'll try to record a few episodes during the summer as well, talking about the silly season and players coming in, and maybe the summer tour. Yeah, we'll definitely go check that out. Thanks again, Thomas, for joining us, and best of luck next season. I'm sure we'll speak soon. Thank you. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.